What's up, you guys? Welcome to the September 12th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher with the second part of our auction strategy. A little bit of football, a little bit of basketball, talking some nomination strategies. A lot of good stuff that if, if you're new to auction, definitely check it out. Uh, we're going to go over some real good details. And with me to do so is Dr. A, Steve Alexander. What's up, man? Nothing, man. Coming off a, a big Sunday. Yeah. Uh, a lot of football yesterday. Yeah, man. Oh, football overload. <laughs> Rest, uh, Keenan Allen, man. My, my my heart goes out to, to Keenan Allen and the Chargers and, most importantly, uh, the fantasy football owners. Just kidding. But, yeah, you have uh, any Keenan exposure? I had no Keenan in daily or my two leagues I'm in. Oh, um, man. He looked like he was going to go off, man. But, yep. Non-contact. You don't get it's tough, man. Yeah, I uh, I drafted. Uh, I'm in almost all PPR leagues, so I, I drafted him in the second round in five leagues. But it's all good. I have a lot of Snead. I have a lot of Doug Baldwin, who looks like a superstar in that offense. Uh, I have AJ Green in I think seven leagues. I kind of went all in on him. So I'm having a, an awesome open, man. I'm uh, I'm probably gonna go 12 and 0 uh, if, as long as Todd Gurley doesn't get blown up. So Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. I I have a. I have Luck and Jameis in my two QB league. Oh, wow. And they both went off. Jameis is uh, good. The, the Falcons' D isn't that great, but, uh, man, that Jameis made He made some good throws. Woo, that one to Evans was nice, man. He, was, he loved then, that defense. I've also got some Julio and Gronk. I took Gronk in both leagues. Oh. And uh, even with Gronk on my bench, uh, I'm still going to win both of them, so... I'll take that for week one. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots' offense look good without Brady, without their tackles, without Gronk. Uh, I mean, Garoppolo looks pretty legit. I saw, um, I have a couple of Garrett Bourne. I saw he had like 42 snaps. I mean, he got a ton of work. So he's going he's gonna to be a sneaky, especially in standard. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty solid if, if you have him. Uh, I actually traded for him last week in the league. Traded Jay Ajay right, before, right after he got announced as uh, this guy who was Aaron Foster. He thought he was getting his handcuffed, but uh, nope. I think Ajay's done. If you if you have him, trade him for whatever you can get to a Foster's owner. Yeah, my my biggest disappointment was uh, I, I was kind of all in on Martellus Bennett in daily because yeah. no Gronk and he he did nothing. Man. No, he didn't. Yeah, I, I they threw the ball down the field a lot. I thought they were probably going to go more like like you were thinking more over the middle, kind of in between the numbers, all that stuff. But man, I, I mean, as a Jets fan, I I don't like seeing uh, an heir apparent. Um, kind of going off, so that that hurt my heart, and I had a little side bet uh, against the Patriots too. So that that was a downer. But hey, my fantasy team kicked butt. I did not enjoy the Colts' loss. Oh uh, yeah, horrible coaching at the end. Yep. Uh, and I, but I did enjoy the Raiders taking out the Saints. Oh man, the balls on that guy going for two. That was awesome. Riverboat Jack. Uh, that was cool. And then. Uh, he had a comment about, because ESPN Stats and Info, great account by the way, I'm sure everyone follows them, they had a stat about how it was the wrong percentage play, and he's like, oh, it's a good thing that the ESPN doesn't run this team. <laughs> but that was Dude, great. speaking of ESPN, man, the yeah, football, football app was down yesterday. Yeah, they sent us uh, an apology, I mean, stuff happens, but man, that, I, I almost felt bad for him, man, it was to the point, well, I was freaking out, because I had, um, I sent a lot of trade offers, and I sent out a bunch, a couple for Keenan. After he got hurt, well, I said it before he got hurt, and I usually am right near my computer on Sunday. So if someone gets hurt, I'm right there. I just take it down. It's not a problem. So I, I 
if I'm not going to do that, I take my offers down. So when I couldn't go in there and I saw Keenan go down, I was freaking out. I was emailing all my commissioners, like, I don't want any of my trades to go through. They're invalid. Like, nothing worse than trading for a hurt player, man. Uh, yeah, that sucks. And yeah. especially if it happens because a website is right. down. Exactly. Um, and it was funny because I, I probably got 20 phone calls or 20 yeah. texts uh, from people like, what's going on with ESPN? I'm like, I don't know, dude. I work for NBC, but <laughs> yeah. they're, having, they're having some issues, obviously. And if I heard from 20 people, I can only imagine uh, what my buddies Matthew Barry and, and Tom Carpenter and some of the other ESPN yeah. football guys, they just got crushed yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it's, they, they did a lot of work to get more people on their leagues. But uh, I I like ESPN's leagues, man. I thought that the only thing I don't like is me. I have I think nine leagues in ESPN for football. So their app's cool, but I would like a one screen how all your teams are doing in one field. They have it for like the um, the laptop version or the desktop version, but not on the app. I think that'd be cool to just have all your teams just with the scoreboard right there. Um, rather than going into the league and then looking at, looking at that one, going out, looking at another league. Well, maybe if, maybe if you weren't a psychopath and in 12 <laughs> leagues, you manage them better. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I managed all right so far, man. I'm, a, I'm psych. Hopefully my uh, keep it going and keep this thing going for basketball, man. Uh, 12-0, and 0, dude. That's pretty Yeah, well, we got to keep Gurley in check tonight, and it will be good. Um Actually, the person who may beat me, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm going at least 11-1, and 1, but... Uh, uh, Renee Miller, she does some stuff with us for uh, FanDuel and daily stuff. She's she she may be the one to knock me off. Um, she's in, in my auction league. It was pretty cool. Nick's in there. It's pretty intense, man. Uh, it's probably the most legit league I have that I that I put together. Uh, love me some auctions. So speaking of auctions, right? Well, um, again, we were talking about uh, this stat scarcity, and we talked about um, just spending early in the last edition. So again, go back and check that out. But yeah, right now we're, we're just just get into a little bit of stat slash position scarcity. I mean, does position scarcity do anything for you in auctions? I mean, would you be willing to spend up more in a position? You know what? I I will because I've gone into drafts in the last couple of years thinking that point guard was deep, and then I turn around and look after I've drafted forwards and centers, and point guards are gone. So I'm partial to point guards um early because the good ones drive the league and drive the the fantasy scoring steph curry what russell westbrook kyrie irving those guys um if you wait too long on point guard you're going to be sad and the same thing is true with small forwards like the small forward tier is like 11 deep where you can be really confident in those guys and then you're looking at Otto Porter. Otto Porter could have a huge season, or he could be a complete bust. Um, I think we have him at like 12, you know, 12th best small forward. I, I didn't look at that, but uh, I, I feel like that's about where we have him. So for me, point guards and small forwards are the guys you need to get uh, locked up early. Yeah, that's, uh, I agree. And I guess to kind of tie into that is identifying like stat scarcity, which kind of ties into that because assists and point guards, uh, they're a little bit harder to come by. Um, and same thing with blocks. And the thing I was thinking about where you were talking was, and 
Actually, we'll just switch. Over. Anything else you want to add? Got to kind of put a new topic on here. I was just going to say, if if you need blocks or or three pointers or steals off the waiver wire, you can find it. Yeah. If you need assist or scoring or points, you can't. So you got to lock up points and assists in your draft. You can you can get a lot of the other stuff late. You can find a rebounder yeah. or a steals guy or a threes guy late. Rebounding is probably the easiest stat to pick up. Uh, so that brings us to nomination strategy, and I'll go first in this one. Generally, uh, I like to nominate guys I don't want, and more specifically, I like to nominate the guys that I don't want and that will go for the most money. You want to have the you want to have the most amount of money on the table. It gives you leverage, gives you everything else. So the more money you get other people to spend is going to help you with leverage on other picks that you're going to want. Uh, and then, by the same token, if you know someone wants this guy, um, you, it, it helps to get that money out there. Because if he's a little bit tight on funds, he's not going to be as willing to throw money, or she, I should say, um, as willing to throw money out there. So, yeah, I think that I think that's huge, uh, just to nominate the guys you think will go for the most that's not your own money. What do you think? I agree 100%. I, I nominate guys I don't want so often. And when I do, they usually have a big name or a big uh, outlook attached to them. Because I want, I want people to bid him up and spend their money when I nominate a guy. And I don't want it to be a guy that I want. Yep. Later. You know, oh, sorry. No, just a guy I want later. That's yeah. always it. Yeah. Uh, you know who I would put on there first, right? If it's my first nomination, you know who I'd put on there, right? LeBron James. Of course. No question. Boom. Who would you who would you put first on nomination? It's a tough question. Well, James, James Harden will be gone by the time he gets to me at six or wherever. So you, I, you'd so. put James Harden out there just to take, take money out of my pocket? <laughs> you know, I if I was if I had the first call in a in a in an auction, I'd I'd put Harden out there. Yeah. I'd probably and let put you spend your $26 or whatever and be done. I'd probably put Westbrook out there at number two as well. I'm Because I like Harden and Curry a little bit more than I like Westbrook. So. Dude, that's a th- and this is a tough thing with the Roto World draft guide and with Roto World in general is Mike Gallagher <laughs> It has, wants nothing to do with R- Russell Westbrook. That's not true. I've drafted him a couple times in eight cat leagues. Have you? Yeah. At number, um, at number two. I- at number two. Cause you, but you're scared of him getting hurt. I'm so scared, man. Like you're so, you, you just said it. You're so scared. Yeah. And I'm not as scared as you are, um, of him. But I took your concerns into my consideration when when I ranked him. So, or when I when I statted him out. So, um, that's a good example of you would throw Russell Westbrook out there yeah. early, so that I would spend all my money on him whereas i would probably not throw him out there early hoping he slipped a little bit after some people spent their money and maybe i could get him for you know a little bit less than i could have had he gone at the very top yeah and to be clear man i mean i still have westbrook top four it's not like i have him out of the first round or anything just to throw that out there but yeah i mean russell westbrook is going to go for a ton of money and again, I still like him. I just don't think I'd be able to get him. But I, I would love to throw LeBron out there to kind of take someone out of the running. I mean, if someone gets LeBron, that takes them out pretty much, unless they really want to spend up early on those big four guys. And if, if you haven't listened to the podcast, that's Westbrook, Curry, Durant, and Harden. 
in no particular but, order. But Mike, I think that's an interesting, interesting angle to look at this by. As uh, you, I said, are you scared of Westbrook? And you said, Oh man, I'm so. I am. Scared. So you're so scared personally, but on paper you may not be as scared because you know you have to rank him in a certain spot because that's what he deserves. But even in that spot, you may personally not feel that feel the same. Yeah, it, it's tough, man, and that's that comes to the, the demand factor. Like if I get Westbrook and uh, and I want to keep him on my team, and I could trade him too. I could trade him for probably like say I get Westbrook for eighty bucks, and then a week from now I trade him for two guys or a pack, and say it was Westbrook and like a four dollar guy for Westbrook, uh, and I trade him for so eighty four dollars for that combined. And then I trade him three or four weeks into the season for two guys that were 130 bucks or whatever, you know, just to throw that, just to put some numbers out there. So yeah, it, it's demand is is just the biggest thing for 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 me. Um, but yeah, I, 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 is that part of my brand, man? That I don't like Westbrook or what? <laughs> I don't think it's part of your brand. It's part of your brand with me. I don't think you've gone out out publicly on the website and said I don't. I'm scared of Westbrook. I don't like him. Yeah. But with with me personally, you've said, "Ooh, I, I'm not putting him in front of Curry. No way, man. He's going to get hurt." So, like, you have that in your head, and you're usually right about these things. And it makes me think about how I feel about that player. Just like if I come out and say, "I really don't like this guy," and somebody who's been reading me for 17 years probably like, "Oh, Doctor A doesn't feel that great about." Whoever, uh, you know, let's say I had Steph Curry shooting forty five percent. Well, Doctor A thinks Curry's going to shoot forty five percent. I don't really want to go all in on him. Yeah. Um, and I bumped, I bumped Curry up to forty eight percent. But uh, yeah. I just don't think Curry can shoot as well as he has. I mean, dude, he was in the zone. I just all don't season, and in the season before that, like yeah. he's due to not hit 50 percent of his shots that's that's all i was really saying but uh but yeah it's um no your your brand is not hating west your <laughs> brand, brand is it's you you are legitimately scared that westbrook is going to be overworked and succumb to an injury i i want my brand to be risk management that right. that's, that's, that's the brand that i is. want um because i i mean the hard westbrook thing to me i I get Westbrook. I get the triple doubles. I get that he can be a 34, 10, and 11 guy. I get all that. But is Harden's upside that much lower? Uh, I'm with the D'Antoni system. Going to play more point guard. I mean, he's going to be really, really good. So I just think that the difference between Harden and Westbrook's upside is greater than the difference on the downside. So no. th- that's that's just as simple as it gets for me. And And that's smart. All right, so again, everyone who's listening, I don't hate Russell Westbrook. <laughs> All right, well, actually, I looked this up um, while we were looking at talking about Curry. So just going through his months uh, from starting from April and going backwards here. So 49, 47, 55 in February, uh, 50 in January, 51, 50 again, and then 80, I'm sorry, 59 in October. So going back to two seasons ago, he was going backwards again, starting with April, 53, 49, 46, 48, 48, and 50. So, I mean, he's only hit 40, 
46% in a month, like once. <laughs> the guy, the guy's just so, so locked in, man. And that's what happens when you win MVPs, man. Just do it all season. Back to back. Yep. All right. So the thing actually I just thought about, too, this, this we're going all over the place so much for a short pod, huh? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Right. All right. So, like I talked about stat scarcity, and I was thinking about this. If you're in a league, you can't do this in 8-cat. But if you're in a league where there's offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, and rebounds, and a lot of people have those kinds of leagues, that really makes punting. The more categories you get, the better it is to punt. Because, you know, if you're doing a 10-category league, right, um, that one category is worth 10%. So if you're doing a 20-category league, God bless you, uh, and you do one one uh, one punt, that's only 5% of the, of the total output. So it's a lot easier to punt, to make my point. So with that being said, if you're considering that strategy, would you want to nominate a guy like DeAndre Jordan or Drummond or Howard to kind of make your bed for you? That way you kind of know who you're going to bid on. Because if you're building a team and then all of a sudden Dwight Howard's going for like a dollar or something, just to say, it seems like a, a viable plan. What do you think on that? No, I agree. And and while we're talking about Dwight Howard, I think he's going to have a good season in Atlanta. Like, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a bounce back. But... uh once you draft someone who really sucks in one category, you might as well, especially if you're in a league that counts like 14 to 20 categories, it's it's time to punt. If you end up with Dwight or DeAndre or uh, the other guy, Drummond, like once you get those guys on your team, you can't overcome that. I don't care if you have Clay and, and Curry and all these great free throw shooters. You can't overcome it. So you got to give in to the fact that my team sucks at free throw shooting, and I got to find the good players that suck at free throw shooting to add to this mix. And uh, same goes with turnovers. Same same goes with um, blocks. Any any category at all. Um, now, if you're in an eight category league, I don't like I don't like punting in eight category leagues. But if you're in a if you're in a twelve category league. You can pump one or two categories and be fine. Yep. And then, what, were, what was I going to say? Uh, shoot, I forgot. Um, uh, I'll think of it, I'm sure. So, what do you think about, you think Dwight's going to be, would you draft Dwight, though, or, or what? I mean, oh, no, I know what I was going to say. So, my favorite stat to support what you were saying was, if you combined James Harden's total free throws made over his attempts with DeAndre Drummond, I'm sorry, DeAndre Drummond, that's like a mutant. Um, it's the same guy. Yeah, right. I went to stay with DeAndre Jordan. That combined percentage is, I think, 68 and change. So you're already drafting one of the best guys for free throws, and you're already way behind. So you just killed James Harden's value for, like, 20% of his value. So, Dude, yeah. I think you meant to say DeAndre Jorpella. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Capella's going to be down there too, man. This oh, he's horrible. He's he might be-, be worse than those two. Not overall because he's not going to take as many, but right. his, his he's not going to hurt you as bad. But he's he's as bad of a free throw shooter as we've seen ever. <laughs> this is first fifteen free throws, man. Awesome. Uh, where are we at here? So no, but I think I think the point you just made is really good. Um, you you cannot um, you you can't overcome that even with James Harden and Steph Curry. If you add DeAndre Jordan or Andre Drummond to that team, you just destroyed what you drafted. I'm going to have to do math on Harden and, and Durant 
and, and maybe even one more guy, maybe even Curry, and then throw in DeAndre with the difference would be, man. That seems like a, a good math problem for me to figure out. Um, so do you think that's – and then also one thing I wanted to add to is the, oh, I can trade him later. Sure you can, but everyone knows you're trying to trade him, and the demand factor, like you want to trade him really bad, people are going to exploit you. You're going to give up a lot more uh, after after you draft him than you did before. So, yeah, I think that doing that, is, and that's something I didn't really consider until now because I don't usually punt. So if if you do punt, I would rather do it early. Um, that's an, well, that's I, one I, case I, where you would nominate a guy you want. I think an important point that you just brought up, and let's see if I can hold this together here because it was complex. Um, it may seem like you'll be able to trade your guy whenever you want. But the bottom line is, man, there are leagues that communicate and leagues that trade and are trade happy leagues. And then there's all the other leagues where it's almost impossible to make a trade, whether it be because of the veto clause where everybody vetoes uh, any good team trying to make a trade, it gets vetoed. Um <laughs> Hate that, Communication in leagues is huge. There's some leagues out there where nobody talks to anybody, and there are never trades that go down. Um, there's other leagues where everybody is open and, and cool and trying to help each other out or, or just make deals happen uh, where it happens. But you got to look at your league because a lot of leagues do not trade, and a lot of leagues are veto-happy. And no matter what you what trade you put through, we'll get vetoed. And you have to take that into consideration while you're drafting your team. Because if you're in a veto-happy league where everybody vetoes everything, you have no chance of trading. So you might as well draft your team and not worry about it. Yeah, you definitely don't want to if, – if, dra- if you draft or auction – and you leave like, oh man, I got to make a trade. <laughs> That's not good. Um, you should definitely draft a team that you're willing to ride or die with, like uh, DMX or something. But um, yeah, it's 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 tricky. And then back to the auction stuff. So again, the, um, another thing you want to do with nomination is if you see a guy who has a lot of money still available, he's holding all the cards. Like if he wants a guy, he's going to get him. So if that situation arises. You would want to nominate um, the guy that you think he would want the most. So if you see he has four big men and uh, small forward and doesn't have a point guard yet, you know his demand for a point guard is super duper high. So get get him out there. You could bid him up too. I'm sure. Like if he's the last, you know, second tier point guard or whatever, or third tier, fourth tier, that was with a wide gap, you definitely nominate that guy and bid him up because he is going to spend. And when it comes to the last few rounds. And I paid for this the other day um, in my football draft. It is really nice to have a max bid of 4 or $5 versus $1 or $2. It gives you so much leverage on those late sleepers. So taking care of the high man is a really important thing for me. Well, dude, and, that, and you know what? Uh, speaking personally again right here, that's where I get burnt. Yep. Because just like when I'm in Vegas, man, <laughs> I spend it till it's gone. And... I spend till it's gone. I'm sitting there with like a dollar or two dollars for my max bid at the end of the draft, and all these guys that I want go for a, a dollar more than I have. Um, and if I would have just not drafted uh, Tobias Harris for six whatever, 
um, I'd have that money left late to get my guys. So if you're going to go big early and get two or three studs and spend all your money, don't draft that last mid-round guy that takes the cake of your money. Keep that money for later so that you don't get outbid by a dollar um, on guys you really want late. Yep. Yeah, that one mid-round guy could turn into four or five late-round guys exactly. uh, if you manage it properly. And I mean, they, and, and that that is where I fail every time. <laughs> yeah, and actually uh, a great case that happened for me and why I got maxed out. Um, I had uh, a max bid of three dollars uh, in this football draft on Tuesday, and Boal Powell was on the block. I needed a running back, but I was more about bidding up the guy who had a max bid of like twenty five thirty. Uh, I wanted to try to knock him down a little bit, so I, I bid him up, and nobody bid. I mean, Bilal Powell in a PPR. If you guys play football, he shouldn't be going for three dollars. So losing that like really stuck with me, man. And I never, I didn't have a quarterback, and I, I, I knew whoever I had to get would have to be a dollar. So I couldn't bid on anyone. I was trying to bid guys for a dollar, like I bid for my defense, and I couldn't, I couldn't even get that for a dollar. It just. It just when you have that min bid, man, your your goose is cooked. You're, you're not going to get you, anybody. When you put when you put yourself in that spot, um, it gets really frustrating because you get down to the end of the draft and you're like, okay, I kind of I kind of like the Jets defense, or I kind of like um, Josh. I I love Josh Richardson with the <laughs> Heat, and I I'm going to get him for two bucks. And you put him up there, and then. Boom! Everybody else loves him too, and he's he goes for seven when you thought he'd go for one or two, and you're sitting there with no money left. Like you have to have money left at the end to get those super sleepers that you want. Yep, and then like you said, uh, that tier. Like if Josh Richardson's sitting out there and he's the last guy in that tier, just because the demand's going to go up, people are going to want him, and he's going to pay more. He's going to cost more than if he got put auctioned on or put on nominated for like 10 picks before where that tier was still hanging around. It's just, that's really, really big to me. Um, and then the other thing too is this is kind of a sneaky one. If like, say you and I are bidding and I have $3 max bid and you only have two it, and you really want the guy. If you bid one, like if well, maybe if you go, okay. So let's say you and I both have $2, right? Just for this example. And you want a guy, if you nominate him for a dollar, you can just bid up and it's a wrap. Whereas if I nominate him for two, then you're done. So just making sure that your original nomination price um, ties into who you're kind of going to wager against. Just for, this, this is kind of a simple example. But um, like two, if you have $2 and, and you know you not got to have this guy and anyone else has $2, just bid $2 right out there. Just call it. Uh, that way you get your boy. Same thing if I have more than two dollars, you know, just figure out what the the most everyone else can spend on a guy is. And ha have you ever been a part of a draft where you decided that you're not going to go big early and you're going to wait and get all the value at the end, and then you have like twenty eight dollars left over at the end end of your draft? That is the worst. Uh, I don't think I've ever had more than like seven dollars left, and I hated myself, man. Because you, you start looking like, oh, if I spent seven more dollars on this guy, I mean, that is the worst. So, that, so how do you combat that? How do you, how do you, how do you pre-plan for something like that? Spending early, man. <laughs> That's another pro spend early thing, man. If anyone who is, uh, 
Like it's the worst feeling for auctions. Have a bunch of money on the table, and you're like, if I would have done this, yeah. I could have had, I could have had freaking Victor Oladipo, <laughs> but instead I have, you know, Solomon Hill. Yeah, <laughs> it's sad. Yeah, that that kills you. I mean, the one t- league I did that man, I was oh, I was so mad. <laughs> it hit on me all season, and I have I, I don't think I've done it once in my last like eight or nine auctions or something mock auctions i have but real ones um i i'm always out of money and i'm usually out of money early too it, it's don't don't do don't be that guy um overspend for your mid like if you find yourself you can kind of get a feel where um where you're going to be towards the end of the draft if you're going to kind of be a hawk on the late round picks uh and then like you were saying like filling up my brother did this really well actually uh on tuesday he was the last guy to spend every i was down to like 30 bucks and he was still sitting at 200 and he his team is so deep i mean the amount of players he picked up he, he picked up good ones too like no one nominated lamar miller for a while he got lamar miller at a good price his team and that works too so it's just figuring out just let the draft come to you is just super important we don't you don't have to spend early but you you just again identifying the guys that you could count on uh is is huge so if you think you could build a team, just kind of like map out who you're going to get. You know, like, okay, I want him, I want him, I want him, I want him. And like, he really wanted Moncrief, Dante Moncrief for the Colts. So he allocated money out. When he got up there, he bid and he got him at a good price. So it's it's important. Just, and again, you got to be on it, man. I mean, whatever you got to do, you, you can't take, uh, you can't expect, like, say you're like, oh, I, I got to go get, make some food really fast. No one will steal a guy. You can't count on other people to make sure the other guys aren't stealing players. So. Uh, make but sure you're settled in. But don't you think in, in basketball, like, you're better off getting three studs and then taking your chances at the end with with not much money than you are. Like, in a football draft, I don't think that's that smart. To, to spend up on studs? Yeah. In football, it's different. I, I just think that... You know, maybe you spend all your money on wide receivers. I did. That's exactly I, what I did. <laughs> I it, I it works. I I think it's okay. But in basketball, if you get if you get three studs to start with, and then you wait till the end of your draft to get the rest of your guys, as long as you make smart picks, you're okay. I actually disagree with you, uh, kind of enthusiastically as well. Football, if you have three studs in your team, you're golden, man. Um, and they get hot at the right time, you're all good. If you have three and, – and what? You start, what, one quarterback, two running backs, call it two receivers, a flex, a defense, a kicker, uh, and a tight end. So nine, right? Foot, basketball, you start starting five, usually you usually start about 12 guys. So that alone, uh, this has extra, extra depth on your roster. Uh, and then if you play daily, that's even more. Um, guys just getting plugged in so having a deeper team for me is way more important in basketball uh, just because and again the waiver wire factor too so like the, actually the guy who I he, this guy Troy and I we were both Hawks man we were down to like 30 bucks after like the first 25 picks or so while everyone was still hanging in like the upper 100s and stuff at a $200 budget so yeah I, I think that waiting a little bit and filling up on Top twenty-five to top fifty players is a better plan uh, for you um, in basketball. Hmm. 
Yeah, just because, and again, the, the waiver wire is a big, 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 big part of that. Like, you know there's there's going to be, uh, what, 15 players that are going to be starting that no one owned right now, something like that, um, that, that'll be RB1, RB2, wide receiver 1-2, solid flex, where basketball, I mean, like you said, Marvin Williams and probably, what, seven or eight guys the whole season that had value when it came to head-to-head playoffs for, like, an entire two-week period. Yeah. So... Dude, we're we're at like forty five minutes on this. Dude, so we're so bad, man. I'm ne- I'm never gonna be able to do a twenty minute podcast. <laughs> <again. laughs> I'm I'm a blabbermouth. Uh, anything else you want to cap uh, on this? Let's put let's put a bow on this puppy. Uh, any anything else you want to add? Just uh, strategy wise or any? Other I like spending early and seeing what I have left late. Yep, and if 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 you are in a league, like say you're starting up an auction league, right? And you know that these guys are all noobs. Um, then I think that spending earlier is a little more viable because you can get those guys that are perceived as late rounders, who are actually going to be mid rounders. So like Miles Turner is what ranked at 105. Um, if you could get Miles Turner, like in, in our league, if we do an auction, man, Turner is going to go for like 35 bucks. I want to say, or really high. Whereas if in a league with new people, you could probably get him for like eight or nine bucks. So if that's that's a huge factor for me too, like, and that's kind of why I like to spend in in most leagues because I like you said I think I trust myself. The more you trust yourself to pick up late, the more you should spend early, so as a as a good plan. And then again, the the, the nomination plan, the nomination game is is super duper important, um, even in basketball even more so. Uh, and then just again identifying who your competition is for the demand guys and writing down and then picking out uh, a budget for guys that you want and all that. And then if you're at a live draft, like at, at someone's house, do not let anyone see that sheet. Um, that'll be bad. Put it on your phone or something. So yeah, that's it for this edition with the two-part auction. Hopefully you guys, we persuaded some of you guys to go from snake to auction. You got to do at least one, man. If, if you're in like five or six leagues, got to get you an auction in there. I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, we'll be doing Dynasty. Uh, a lot of people have been asking about when are we talking Dynasty on pod. So we're going to do that. And then hopefully getting right into team previews. Going to probably jam in three per edition. Should be pretty cool. Uh, anything else we got on the way? Um, just a note on the draft guide. There, there's still some stuff that's coming for that. We've got uh, some mock drafts coming. Um, I got Rick Camla to commit to one. No way. Yep. So Am I, I think, in that uh, one? What? Am I in that one? Uh, yeah, you're gonna be. Yeah. You're oh, yet, you're assuming I'm gonna do it. Yeah. I'm course, assuming you're gonna, I'm gonna be, do it. You're yeah. gonna be available next <laughs> Monday night. Right. Um, but we're we're gonna do a an expert mock on Monday night. Oh, yeah. um, I may throw that on the free site, but yeah. it'll definitely be in the draft guide. And then uh, there's other mocks that'll be showing up, and I think we've got some auction information that will eventually be showing up uh, that's not there yet. So just. Keep your eyes peeled for, for new articles to keep showing up on, on the draft guide up until the season starts. Yeah, we got to get some mock auctions. It's the hard thing about auctions is, especially for mocks, it just takes so much time that to do it just for a mock and then not run the league. Like we almost should just run a league off of it, like not just do a, a mock, you know? It's, yeah, it's just so time consuming. It's it's just it's hard to get other people to invest that amount of time for just a mock. So. We'll probably wind up doing, what, two of them, maybe just run the league on them. So if you're listening to this and you're down, we may do a, a, a listener-slash-reader uh, auction league. That sounds like a good idea. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. Sweet. 
So yeah, hit uh, hit me up or hit Steve up at Dr. A with a K, and I'm Mike S. Gallagher. And yeah, you guys enjoy the Monday night double dip, uh, or if you're listening to this afterwards, uh, enjoy Thursday night football, uh, Jets-Bills. So that should be cool. A uh, little tie God versus my, my, my Jets, man. Time Clock management. It, it, save your timeouts, guys. Everyone should, <laughs> like, when you're running out of timeouts, man, in a close game, you got to make sure your quarterback knows the plays, man. Unacceptable. To, I, I'm, I was okay with their last time, by the way. Just make sure that out there. That's a two before. Terrible. Angry Jets fan over here, man. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're out of here on that. You guys have a great week, and thanks for coming on, Steve. All right, see y'all.